It's a good show. Howdy, folks. Welcome to We'll See You in Hell. This is the podcast where you get your information about horror and sci-fi and fantasy films. Sometimes it's a review. Sometimes it's a commentary. Sometimes it's a little bit of both. And today it's a review. A review of a little film called The Nightmare Before Christmas. And here we are, Joe, perched betwixt Halloween and Christmas, which I feel is the perfect time to watch this film. I agree. Joe and I saw it at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, we left before the ending, and I didn't realize it till the next day, but it was the highest I've been in years. <laughs> and we got real drunk, too. So my memories of the evening are, are shady, but I know the movie quite well. What did we do after the... You and I went to the uh, Bordner's prior. That I remember. Uh, after, I think it was just a directly home, wasn't it? Or was that when we went and got that pasta at that Italian place? Was it that night? No, that's when we saw Halloween. Oh, okay. Which uh, we're talking about on the uh, Patreon and will be released shortly this month. Yeah, that's the bonus up this month. The uh, What the fuck was the... I don't think we went straight home. I think we did. I don't think we did. We walked out, we got a lift, and we were out the door. I was home early. Maybe you went out. Maybe you had some odyssey. You never know with me, man. <laughs> it can always... Down by the train tracks. Yeah, I'll go down there cruising. I call it cruising for hobos. Sure. Uh, sometimes they're down there, and I'll, I'll say, uh, hey, is that a uh, handkerchief tied to a stick in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> a bindle, they call it. Yeah, that, that usually works. Yeah. Get, you know... Maybe ride the trains up and down with them. Right. Um, Joe, you, here we are again, uh, seeing each other for our, our hour a week. Shameful. I, I don't understand why you can't. Now, I just asked Pat to hang out. Pat asked me to hang out. I said, I, I got a show at 8. Then he said, uh, I wanted to hang out. I said, why don't you come to my show with me? And then he goes, I got to go home. Which feels like him saying, I don't want to go to your show. No, I said, instead of doing the pod tonight, do you want to go to the roost and have a good time? I was like walkable to the roost. Joe said, I got a show at eight. I'm like, all right, call my lovely wife. I say, hey, let's stay in and watch a movie. I get here. Joe says, hey, you want to go to my show? I say, no, I'm going to a fucking movie with my wife. What do you Seems miss, reasonable. What do you, to a movie or? Probably just watch something. Uh, the screeners are coming in real slow this year. Uh, I've received three. The WGA screeners. I got a quiet place. The Wife, which I discussed on the live pod, and I don't think anything else. I got a quiet place twice. Yeah. Uh, and I'm in three unions, and I'm not getting any screeners. I keep, every, every day I get four letters telling me where I can go see something right. for free. Oh, bite me. I used to do it all the time, and now I'm just like, fuck off. Send it to my home. That's where I'm at. Also, too, this bullshit of uh, you know uh, Netflix... 
and Amazon Prime will send me these like I'll get like a box of I got a box from Netflix the other day. It was like five movies. Yeah, I had I'm the like, same thing. I have Netflix. I, what, what do you want me to do with? Wait, these? you got Netflix pictures? Yeah, I didn't get that. I got Amazon uh, Prime shows. There's a, one Amazon Prime show. It's called Forever. Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph. I ain't seen this thing. Is it good? Or you I haven't seen, seen any thing. of it? But all the reviews, I read 100 reviews, and they were like, due to a request by the creators, we're not allowed to discuss the show. Excuse me? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> then finally, once people started reviewing it, it's like, yeah, it's really pretty unwatchable, but episode six is the best episode of television this year. So it's worth sticking out to get to six. Fuck yourself. Yeah. I know shows improve over time, but yeah. if it's unwatchably bad and then one is the best, what are you talking about? Um, I hate that shit. The, the commercials for that show annoy me. It looks very annoying. I, I, I haven't seen the picture. It looks very pretentious. You yeah. know, uh, another one of these things with the couple that's stuck in the pattern, in the right. holding pattern. And oh, who cares? I don't give a shit about anything anymore. No, I, I'm. I'm getting to like, you know, like a, a rigs in a lethal weapon kind of <laughs> vibe. Like where, like if somebody put a gun in my face, I'd, I'd stick it in my mouth and bite down. You know, <laughs> I don't want to get too dark here at the top. <laughs> but uh, now, just don't just, care. Would you just bite down, or would you just sensuously suck it? Uh, like, I like, guess it depends like on my a, mood. Yeah, I, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I woke up today, I opened, I, usually, as always on Saturday morning, I have a tremendous amount of work to do, I gotta get a script out, and I always open the door to my deck, sit out, have a nice breath, so I go, <gasps> breathe in like a mouthful of like physical ash, <laughs> like tasteable, a gritty in my teeth ash. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's oh, bad. Sure. Oh, yeah, slide forward a little bit. That's now, why do you have this chair over. pushed up against a... Well, it wasn't pushed up against it. You sort of flopped down and... I just had a seat. ...shoved it backwards. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's Yeah, that's where it's supposed to be. All right. I had a few people over last night. You know, these kids get wise. They move the chair around as a joke. Sure. It's funny. Sure. Uh, yeah, but the city's uh, under siege. It's, it's, it's horrific. These fires are... are uh, incredible and i don't mean that in a good way obviously like yeah. it's it's pretty mind-blowing and um and the winds now are coming tomorrow so i assume that's going to really blow the bad air, not only blow the bad air uh through down into the city more but also it's potentially going to start the fires up again yeah my cat uh, went brutal. out and was like <laughs> came in like eyes caked Wow, like for, I mean, it's it's bad. I I am facing kind of the the mountains and shit or Griffith Park, but uh, it's really bad. And uh, I don't know if you saw our president's tweet this morning, but uh, he 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 believes it's the state of California's fault, <laughs> and actually plans on punishing us for having fires, which I think is pretty cool. The guy just can't say the right thing. <laughs> he ain't even trying. You see, this weekend he is talking to, in 2018, he is talking to a black female reporter. 
she asks a very reasonable question. He goes, you are so stupid. That is such a stupid question. You are so stupid. And he's like, I, I watch your show. Not the first stupid question from you. You are so stupid. So at least he's an equal opportunity offender. Sure. The Acosta thing. You saw that, I assume. Releasing just completely altered footage from the White House. You didn't hear about this? No. What's the Acosta thing? Jim Acosta is a CNN reporter. He's asking Trump questions. Oh, oh, the reporter. I thought you were talking about the lawyer. That's not Acosta. No. Sorry. This, Go ahead. This young female intern by Trump, Trump's like snapping, like, get his mic. You know, really. Yeah, like Nazi I, yeah shit. I saw that part. And she goes over and really kind of aggressively tries to grab it. And he he's like, excuse me, miss. And he puts his other hand on the microphone. He's like, miss, I'm trying to just ask a question. Excuse me. The White House tweeted out by what's her face sarah huckabee sanders uh tweets out a doctored video put out by like Infowars, alex jones's site right where it's sped up there's like a almost like a fake hand feel to it <laughs> where he karate chops her arm and the press secretary of the united states releases a 10 tweet thing like the white house will never tolerate violence on women and everyone is even even people on like you know your diehard MAGA people are like, okay, we <laughs> we all know that this is heavily doctored. Like, come on, yeah, it's, we're we're getting into a real weird area. Yeah, it's uh, and then you got uh, Antifa going to uh, Tucker Carlson's house, Queen Antifa, Queen Antifa, yeah. <laughs> I actually did not hear about this story. Uh, they weren't they weren't officially called Antifa. It was an Antifa esque type of group. Okay. They found out where Tucker Tucker Carlson from Fox News lived. Went to his house, spray painted on his driveway, chanted as a mob, uh, racist. You're not welcome. Get out. His wife was home alone. She was so scared. She Ugh. hid in a cupboard. She was like, I thought it was a home invasion. I didn't know uh -huh. what was going on. This world's losing its fucking mind. Look, I despise Tucker Carlson, but. You know, I don't think uh, the man's wife deserves to be holing up in a cupboard. I also don't think you, you're allowed to you people. It is beyond my comprehension that people think because I don't like you, it means I can come to your house. Right. And do mob shit. That's right. lynch mob shit, dude. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Is anything going to be done in a court of law anymore <laughs> at all? <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just. Everybody is losing their fucking mind. Everybody's acting out of spite. Yeah. You got you got Trump being a dick with the CNN guy, right? And then anti and then the Antifa people go, well, now we're going to go to Tucker Carlson's house and scream at his wife in the house. You know, it's like everybody is acting out of fucking spite. Everybody, it's 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 fucking madness. This is becoming. You know what this is becoming? This is becoming. Uh, uh, what's it called? The uh, the uh, Israeli uh, conflict. About what? the Gaza Strip. Okay. This is like the conflict over there where it's this. Uh, I, I should tell you I'm quite dumb. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I'm seeing the correlation. The, uh, the, the, the Gaza Strip fight uh, between the Israeli people and the, uh, and I'm really blanking on the, <laughs> the other side of it. I'm not too Woo! bright either. Woo! Uh, the Gaza Strip thing. The Arab, the Arab, it's an Arab country on the other side. I have friends that who come from there, and I can't remember the name of the country right now. 
Woo. Anyway. Folks, look, you're always going to hear the hard-hitting political <laughs> discourse on this show. But it's this big... Uh, you know, conflict has been going on for years and years and years and years. It gets very violent. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, everybody on both sides says, well, he started it. No, he started it. No, he started it. No, he started it. And it gets, it's to a point now where it's like, guys, regardless of who started it, stop. Yeah. This is insane. Like, this is like Brian Regan had a joke about it. Like, they need a good dad to go over there. Like, I don't right. care who started it. Like, what? And it's like, that's what this left versus right thing has become it's like i don't care anymore who started it everybody fucking stop man like well it's not gonna stop and i do feel that it it is it is and always was the goal of the right to to sort of flag this conflict into happening but the left falls for it again and again it worked and now we're just kind of butt fucked you know this is the sort of stuff where worth worth 30 years before this stuff gets resolved like we are, we're just falling to shit by the hour hey 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 but here's the bright side i watched a documentary called uh tricky dick and the man in black which is about johnny cash's performance at the white house under nixon okay and they get a lot into like nixon's uh tone with the country and his stance with the press and the vietnam war and everything almost identical to right now of course so you so that's the part of me that i just go oh this happened before it'll you know, it'll it'll pass you know but it was the same thing he was he would like publicly say in you know in his press conferences and stuff he'd say like you know don't he wouldn't say the press is lying he instead would say the 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 minor the the the, the major minority is the voice of the press this is a handful of people this is not the the perspective of our country and then he would talk about the silent majority. And, you know, back then they said it was a dog whistle for racism. And and, and, uh, and he was denouncing the press and the, the, you know, reporters had to fight for their freedom to express themselves. It's literally the same thing. It was right. identical. Right. It was identical. And then Johnny Cash went to the White House, pissed off all his fans because he was the biggest musician around. Does that right. sound fucking familiar? It's 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 almost identical. You you you'd it's Kid Rock all over again. You'd almost think. Well, I was going to say Kanye, but uh, oh sure. Uh, you you you'd almost think there's a there's a prototypical map of this somewhere. You know, like a diagram somewhere on the White House wall. And they go, sure, we're going to run the old uh, tricky dick. They're heavily influenced place, by you know? by him and Reagan. It's all bad, but you don't you don't turn to us for this, folks. You no, don't you don't. For this. You do turn to us to hear a, a sentence like "tricky dick." You do, and but you usually turn to not us, about a president. You turn to us to to put politics aside and get on with the show. And at the same time, and boy, am I drawing a blank, <laughs> rifling through Spotify for anything that would fit on with the. Oh boy! Maybe you could. Jorea, Jorea, <laughs> doesn't anybody want you, Jorea? Uh, you know they got your number. <laughs> you know that song? I do. It, it that just came up on your Spotify feed? <laughs> no, it just popped into my head. I saw a clip of Itanya on TV the other night. They were playing that song. Great song. Laura Branigan. Yeah. Is that who does it? I, I have no idea. Gloria. 
Gloria. Uh, Catch you song. You could tell me. You could tell me it was uh, Vicky Lawrence. I'd believe you. Sure. She did sing that night. The night. The night the lights went That's out. That's the night that the lights went out in Joe Dash Regia. I could have done that. Um. You know, what you could also do is in the hour and a half you're drinking alone at the Tam O'Shanner before we record, maybe you just look up a song in two seconds. Wasn't alone, and who, I like the spontaneity of it. Who were you with? I was with an elderly prostitute. <laughs> is that oh, so wrong? Old, old Merrill? That was my, my friend Charlie <laughs> having a nice evening. Uh, her name is Charlie? It's a, a guy. Are you with a man named yes, Charlie? Yeah. Was it Charlie... Day? No. A different Charlie. Different one. A Charlie that I don't care about. That's correct. Got it. I mean, you should. He's a nice guy. Seems like a nice guy. How could you be named Charlie and not be, well, Manson, I guess. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> Bukowski, not nice. <laughs> no. no. Matt, yeah. Fleischer, the voice of Roger Rabbit. Very nice, I would Is think. He? I don't know. Also, you know, the, the, the uh, potential Zodiac killer in a very tense scene in Zodiac. That's right. Great How does he do that thing with his cheek? Please, please, Eddie. But it like I saw him do it. Like I, he actually did. Yeah, I can't do. He that. makes his cheek. Yeah, like I would have to do that with my hand. Yeah, that's crazy. I guess I've never a Roger Rabbit sequel. Yeah, it was talked about for years and didn't materialize. But it was my favorite movie when I was because they wanted to go full frontal in the sequel, right. and that was the problem. Right. They couldn't get any funding. What do you think the sequel would have been about? Maybe he starts fucking the cop? I think there's a sequel to the book. Uh, Eddie, which I read, who censored Roger Rabbit. The book is terrible. There's a book? The book before the movie. Uh, Eddie Valiant is dead. I mean, Bob Hoskins is dead. Well, now he is. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get it, but it was being rumored pretty recently. But hold on. The book is called Who Censored Roger Rabbit? Correct. And it was written as a prequel to the movie? It was written and adapted as the movie, yeah. Oh, the so the book that the movie is based on is called Who Censored Roger Rabbit? That's correct. Why is it called Who Censored and not Who Framed? I don't remember. I read the book and I hated it. It's an odd... And the book is about cartoons in, in the human world? That's correct. That's a weird... I don't know. It seems like more of a visual thing. I agree. Joe, did you know, and maybe this takes us over into the, uh, the screaming and news psycho, but did you know that they are making a creep show television series? I did. Uh, there's not a lot of information out about it, but I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Okay. Uh, who's making it or anything? I don't know anything about it, to be honest. Right. I want to say like, Maybe Paramount Network or something. I don't know. I don't know who's making it, but I am. I am happy that that's happening. I'm excited for Jordan uh, Peele's Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. But what are we gonna uh, get? CBS All Access. Is that what it's on? Something. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do that. I mean, Christ Almighty, Jordan Peele can't get his goddamn show in the air. Yeah, I mean, CBS All Access. That that ain't on the air unless they that's ponied up. You know, an that's extra million or something. That's what I'm saying. It's like, what are you going to do in this town? You're going to be on, uh, what do they got, the the good the good nanny or something on there? Nanny time, it's called. 
Yeah, the, I think it's the good nanny time, but yeah, it's it's Fran Drescher as a DA, <laughs> ball busting DA. Right. And she's bad at the job, which is why the title is ironic. Right. She's a bad, they say that every week. They go, hey, I, I ain't seen worse, is the catchphrase on that show. <laughs> and it just doesn't flow off the tongue. You know? <laughs> Everyone that says that you can see in their eyes, they're, they're just not feeling the catchphrase. Uh, so screaming in at News Psycho while we're, while we're there up against it. Uh, you see the story, uh, Jason Blum, old Jason Blum from old Blumhouse Pictures. Yeah. Responsible for so many movies we've discussed on this program. Right. Uh, just was booed off the st- stage. Uh, he went to the Israeli Film Festival, uh, and I guess he was being awarded, you know, for some achievement or something. And uh, it was the day of midterms, and he somehow t- took uh, receiving an award for movies where. Uh, people are murdered every five minutes into a chance for him to politicize it and talk about how he's fighting Trump or something and got booed off the stage. What do you get any thoughts on that? My thoughts are, why would you discuss Trump at a film festival? A, right. B, particularly at a Israeli film festival. Right. Makes no sense. You know, and and then so so everybody starts booing him, right? Right. And he just keeps going, keeps going. What as it possible they were saying Bloom. <laughs> no. Bloom no. House. No? Uh no. Uh, so it, it starts so it, and by the way, this isn't like it, this isn't like he spoke and they booed and then he left. He's doing the thing, the right. boos start. And there are a few cheers. It's like, okay. Maybe the audience doesn't want to hear this right now. This isn't what this is about. Like, maybe move off of this. Keeps going. Then the boos start turning into people screaming, this is a film festival. We're here for entertainment. Right. Then that all starts. Then that turns into, just keeps plowing through. Then that turns into them standing up and telling him to get the fuck off the stage, basically. He turns to the lady who's the host of the event and goes, they're going to have to drag me off stage. And then turns back and continues a speech that's supposed to be about open-mindedness uh-huh. and, and understanding the perspectives of others and not just shutting them down or whatever. And he's saying, he's like, out of one side of his mouth saying, because you're booing me, you're proving my point that everybody's closed-minded. And then out of the other side of his mouth, he's saying, this is the beauty of America, that we can express ourselves like this. The goddamn thing didn't barely made sense. Right. And then the lady had to call security. She had to call security onto the stage. And what? then when she did that, he was like, okay, I'll go. I don't need to be drug off. It's like, oh, for God's sakes! At least you just said you're gonna have to drag me. Yeah, just fucking go down with the ship if you're gonna if you're gonna pull your dick out, leave your dick out. You know what I mean? Like, don't pull the thing out unless you plan to bang. So bombs um, over Baghdad. Did they? uh, Was he talking about Israel in some way, or why take this platform for that? It was the midterms, and he was like, just as you, the filmmakers, came here today. Many Americans went to the polls oh, to express <laughs> what their vision is. Like, it was like the biggest stress. I'm like, dude, just take the fucking plaque and leave. Right. Jesus Christ. 
And by the way, Mr. Uh, we all need to be better. Oh, yeah. And he actually said these words. He goes, hate speech inspires. He Like on Twitter later, he was like, hate speech inspires hate crimes and and violent speech inspires violent crimes and yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I, oh, I think his tie-in was he was trying to say because of the um, uh, shooting. I think that was his way in. Uh, but he did, I'm pretty sure, make that analogy of the movies and yeah. the voting booths. But I think it was because of the shooting at the um, synagogue. He was saying, like, this is all the fault of the White House. Right. And uh, I don't know whether they agreed with him or not. They, they were booing him so goddamn loud. Yeah. But anyway... Um, he, uh, he, uh, what's it called though? So he goes on Twitter then and he gives this like 10 tweet explanation uh-huh. saying like, you know, the, the typical thing people do after something like that happens, they go online and they go, it was a beautiful experience. I'm so honored to have been, it's like, shut the fuck up, man. You're <laughs> furious right now. Number right. one. And then he goes, you know, we need to be better because violent talk leads to violent acts. And it's like. You know, maybe not the guy that runs Blumhouse sure. should be telling me that. Sure. I love horror movies. I get it. They're movies. They're fantasies. But, dude, you, you know, there are plenty of people out there that would love to see his company shut down because they think it inspires violence toward women. Right. Right? Uh, violence toward children. Right. Uh, violence towards men. So maybe you're not the fucking mouthpiece for this, Jason Blum. All right? Relax. Relax. You, right. you, you you got lucky with Get Out. You had nothing to do with it. Jordan <laughs> Peele is a tour de force powerhouse of a talent. Uh-huh. He made a spectacular CBS movie. CBS All you. Access. He made a spectacular movie for you. Stop acting like now you're the guy with the vision. If you had any vision, you wouldn't have made the last five fucking movies I saw your company put out. Damn. That's the truth. All or right. dare. <laughs> Which was one of the shitty movies. Did you see Truth or Dare? I know a lot of people thought they were watching that one and watched a different, even worse Truth or Dare on Netflix. Truth or Dare? Insidious? Oh, she she was there. (laughs) She was there with him. (laughs) Lynn Shay? She was there with him. And she had to just stand there. (laughs) Oh, boy. What was she winning an award for? I don't think she was winning anything. I think she was there with him, like, I don't know. Dating? Uh, maybe. And then he gets, he gets pulled off stage, and then the host goes out. She's like, okay, so uh, come on, guys. We're here to have some fun. <laughs> and, and, like, has to get it on pr- track, like a, like, a, like a party clown that, like, barfs on himself at a kid's party. You know? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> have you ever known a movie to, like, more joylessly rack up $200 million than Halloween? Nobody is really enjoying it, and it just kind of keeps churning along. Keeps churning. Even, yeah. even I, I, I've, sp- I've talked to people, and they're like, you see Halloween? Yeah. You see it? Yeah. And you just kind of start talking about something else. Like, no one even wants to get into it. It's just kind of like, yeah, it was a, a movie. Hmm. Yeah. Not much to say. A movie where the first kill is a seven-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then this guy goes on Twitter. We need to be careful what right. we put out exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> I read today, uh, I guess, it, yeah, it definitely works in the Scream NN news psycho. Can Avengers, I go too hard on Blum? Am I, gonna, am, I gonna, am, I, am I in danger of blackballing myself in this? You're fine. You'll notice I stayed silent. I want to work in this town. Well, yeah, but you also told those stories at the live show that I can't believe were committed to tape. Look, maybe Kelsey Grammer won't work with me again, but 
I have. I don't really have any plans to work with Kelsey Grammer, so that's fine. I guess I don't have any plans to go to Blumhouse. That is until I'm pitching a script. Sure. I read that Avengers 4, the running time is over. Don't say it. Over. Don't say it. Three hours. So I'm clearly not going to see it. I didn't see the last one. I refuse. Three hours. That used to be for like the Ten Commandments and Schindler's List. Now, like you know, like trying to tell like the story of a nation, the story of a group of people, the story of the Holocaust. Right now is the running time for a movie about dudes in plastic suits punching each other, while you know the Lumineers play whatever the fuck these terrible movies are. Uh, it's dog shit, and they just keep adding characters. They just keep adding characters. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I hate it. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Yeah. I'm not excited about Aquaman. Oh, please. Ugh. Looks terrible. Jason Momoa. Did you see Venom? No. I, I read that Venom is exactly the same movie, almost shot for shot, as Upgrade. And I find that really sort of fascinating. And they, they oh, wait, people, that was a Blumhouse movie. That looked good. Upgrade is good. All right. All right, I'll we check should do it, it on the show. Upgrade I was being a little unfair. They have some good movies. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I, I, I don't think it's ever fair to, to associate a studio with like nothing but quality. There is no such studio. No, no. You're going to make a dog or two, and that's part of being creative. Well, they make more than a dog or two. <laughs> They, you know, they slapped their goddamn. I mean, this, this, this fucking anthology thing on Hulu is. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. What's that? We talked about it at the show. The end, into the dark. All right. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of horror anthologies coming out, and that's your bread in the butter. I like horror anthologies, but uh, not ones where each episode is a 90 minute movie. That's not an anthology. That's a movie. Is the expression "that's your bread and butter" like? Is the the indication the implication there that bread and butter is delicious, the best you can do? I always thought it meant come between the buns. Oh, for God's <laughs> sake! <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, it means like how you make your money, your bread and butter. Okay. Like well, my what? what does, like Pat, uh, oh, your, that, that explains it. Your bread and butter would be making television, right? You see, I, I do, but what? How does that explain it? Well, it's like I think it's derived from you know what butters my bread is uh, TV. You know, like that's sure. how I make my money to buy the butter and the bread. You know, or the butter for the bread. <sighs> okay, I think I don't fucking know. Do I look like a fucking historian? <laughs> no, you couldn't don't. even remember the other country. Still can't in the yeah. Gaza Strip conflict. Joe, let me take you, if I may, down to Pat's movie corner. Forty-five minutes into this podcast. <laughs> Um, I TMC Turner Movie Classics does a great job throughout the month of October of playing great old classic horror. Usually I watch a bunch of these. I've had really no free time of late, but one night I couldn't sleep and I checked out The Curse of Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. And The Curse of Frankenstein is... It's Frankenstein going, son of a bitch. Yes. 
right? It's sort of like a real foul mouth Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, it was a uh, Peter Cushing Christopher Lee vehicle. Yeah. Always cool to see. I believe I've seen this film. It was a Hammer film. Yes. You know, they always talk about this golden age of British horror Hammer. I thought it was boring as balls. <laughs> I hated it. And I I like the world of Hammer films. I like that like Tim Burton influencing uh gothic horror. This sucked. It's considered uh, a classic of the of the form. I, I I'm not a big fan of the fifties releases from Hammer. No. It's got uh, that uh some of them the color film where it looks like it's black and white, but like somebody painted like twenty percent of the screen. Yeah. Like using the wrong colors. Everybody's cheeks are rosy. They all look like uh, like footballs. Those hammer those fifties, nineteen fifties, early sixties hammer films, if you walked in the room on Christmas Day and one was playing, you'd be pretty sure it was a Dickens flick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, there'd be no part of you that would think it was a Frankenstein movie. There wasn't anything close to a scare or a jolt. It was just boring as fuck. Um, you know, it's like on that Edgar Wright greatest horror movie list. It's, you know, highly praised. Really didn't care for it, folks. Um, I already talked about Tricky Dick. Yeah. And damn it, I didn't finish this one, so I can't talk about that. Watch Candyman 2. Farewell, Farewell to the, the flesh. flesh. Yeah. I've only seen Candyman 1, which I like a lot. I've never seen 2. I love Candyman 1. Uh, I didn't think Candyman 2 was great. It's not a bad movie. It's just pretty boring. Okay. Um, They do a really good job of... I don't remember if they did this in the first movie or not, but his backstory is pretty cool. All right. Because every element of Candyman, it makes sense. Like, so... So you say Candyman five times in the mirror. He shows up and kills you with uh, his hook hand. Sure. Um, and and then there are bees everywhere. And uh, in this movie, they really get into the backstory, which is he was a slave uh-huh. who started dating or fell in love with a slave master's daughter. Yeah. The slave master didn't approve. The town uh, murdered him by pouring honey on him and having been having bees attack him uh and uh and they they held up a mirror to his face so he could see how hideous he was as he died from being stung okay and then a kid a kid like licked the honey and was like candy man you know and like as a joke uh and i was like this actually ties it all together pretty well like that's yeah um but anyway aside from that aspect of it i I wasn't really into it i never quite understood the concept of a guy that, you know, they do a terrible thing to him. Yeah. And then, uh, and he's not a bad guy. He's like a good guy they did a terrible thing to. And then he kills innocent people after that. I never quite got that. You know, I get the, if, if he's out to avenge his death. Sure. But, uh, you know, this movie, he's going after people that like, you know, there's like a professor that thinks like it's just a legend, like it's this silly ghost story, right? And so he does the Candyman thing in the mirror, and then he he gets killed. That's yeah. Like, well, what did this fucking guy do? You know, Joey. It sounds like this Candyman ain't so sweet. <laughs> I'm done. 
I saw a picture called Psycho 3. <clears throat> you and I on this show discussed Psycho 1, widely acknowledged as a, a classic, an all-time great horror film. We discussed 2 and 3, too. I think, well, I had not seen 3. Oh, okay. Uh, but 2, yeah, of course, Tarantino famously said he prefers to 1. I found 2 to be kind of entertaining. I found 3 to be a fucking blast. And the reputation it has from... Almost everyone is that it's shit. Thought it was great. It's got some weird, like sleazy, sexy energy to it. Yeah. There's like trashy sex scene that goes on for a while. Anthony Perkins did it. He was like a notorious Hollywood freak. I thought it was very well directed. It had great shots in it. Um, the plot was kind of like fine, but I thought it had a real visual style. I liked the sleazy trashiness. I had a good time with it. I think it's a very underrated movie. Equal to two. I like two much better. I don't hate three, but I okay. feel like it's more or less... Two, two, had, two had a story to tell. Once you get past two, yeah, and the, you know, which begs the question, was he cured? Is he still nuts? Right. Is he going to kill again? Once you get two out of the way, then it's just like, well, now it's just a movie about a guy that kills people. I mean, but isn't I mean three is essentially a extremely well done slasher movie, but it's better than any of the Friday the Thirteenth. It's better. Like I would the, I wouldn't say that the fact that it has this reputation of being shit is ludicrous. I think it was super entertaining. Look, and you've disagreed with me on this. It gets such a harsh reputation because it's a sequel to Psycho. Right. I've said a million times the Godfather three is not a bad movie. I agree. People bash it because it's a Godfather sequel. And because of Sofia Coppola's performance. I don't think she's that bad in it. It's supposed to be Winona Ryder. Would have been a better film. Why is Winona, Why wasn't Winona in it? She was... Exhaustion, which usually means drug addiction. But she had like... She dropped she, out a day before shooting because of exhaustion. She wasn't even that famous then. It's a, no, it's she was on the up and up. Big dick yeah. move at that point in her career. Yeah, that's a low hand move, baby. Um, all right, I'll do one more. No, I won't. Wait, how many did I do? One? Two. This is your third, and I got one more, too. What was my second one? What was my first one? Candyman 2, I did. Candyman 2. That's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, then, then that's my second. Yeah, and so I'll do one third. more. Now you're second. Yeah, I'm just going to do one more, is what I'm saying. I I'm not going to do three. Okay. Uh, it's already, we're at the 40 minute mark. We haven't even touched on the goddamn film yet. That's how this works. Uh, <clears throat> are you getting mad at me? Night visions. Night vision, night visions. You know, you this know is more, to do it. I'm going to save night visions for scary stuff. Uh, but on the night tip, I rewatched night of the demons, uh, for, you know, in honor of Halloween Still a really fun horror movie, goofy horror movie. Doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense, but it's a really fun watch, and the practical effects are pretty outstanding in it. Uh, there's a scene where uh, a, a woman, and it's the same actor that was in Return of the Living Dead that danced naked on top of the tomb or whatever. She puts a also in Sorority Babes in the Slime Ball Bowl around. Oh, okay, desk. yeah. She shoves a she shoves a lipstick into her nipple, and like I'm pretty sure I know how they did it, but they pulled it off really well, and it looks very real. 
Okay. Like she actually inserts this thing through her skin into her boob. Uh, but it's just really great makeup effects. Um, the main demon lady is really scary, and uh, it's fun. It's just a fun '80s horror movie. It's what you. It's kind of what you hoped every one of those movies on the shelf, in the horror section, would be in the '80s, and right. uh, I think this is one that delivers. Okay. <clears throat> and I watched because Joe said he won't discuss it with me on the show. Uh, the first Purge. Um, I really enjoyed. The first Purge movie, entitled The Purge, with Ethan Hawke. I thought The Purge 2 was okay at best. I left 15 minutes into The Purge election year to watch Mike and Dave need wedding dates, and I'm glad that I did. And this fourth one makes the decision for me that I'm done with The Purge movies. Um, what I liked about it was it developing a political conscience, because these movies scream out to be political and they try it a little but don't quite ever go there the purge movies this one really did have a point of view uh it was an interesting point of view but it felt like anti-trump propaganda made with a trump supporters level of sophistication i would say I it don't understand what you mean, but you mean it was like I agreed with the message, but it was done in the kind of crude, not very elegantly told style of like, you know, a, a movie that you'd think was pro-Trump, an anti-Trump movie, right? Made with the quality of of a pro-Trump. I think it's impossible to do that commentary anymore where it doesn't come off as clunky at this point. It's so it's so tired and trite yeah. and it's we we're all very aware of it. So anytime you see it now, yeah. it's just like, come on guys, you you couldn't do and then you have to remember, well when did they make this movie? Was right. everybody not doing it at that point? Uh, I don't know. There are, there are cool uh really cool moments. There there are, you know, there's like uh some of the villains in this are dressed like in, you know, blackface style masks. The villains are kind of like white supremacist types. Okay. So to see the hero, like who is a, who is a black guy choke this guy in a blackface mask out and hold on the choking for like three minutes. Like we see the life go out of his eyes. It's like, okay, this movie has a little more on its mind than the other Purge movies. I just don't know that it was done all that well. Marissa sure. Tomei is in it. It looks like she shot her supporting role in about 25 Marissa minutes. Marissa Tomei is in the She's first in Purge? She's in that first Purge. Why? I don't know. You know, it is that kind of Bloom model. It seems very cheap. It feels like... Is it a Bloom house? Bloom house? It was, I believe. It feels like a Tales from the Hood segment and not a particularly good one. Not as bad as Tales from the Hood 2, but it's a it's a very average horror movie. All right. Uh, by the way, not as bad as Tales from the Hood too. I mean, that's what are you even saying there? Right. That kind of leaves all movies. You know, that's like saying it. Well, the, the, the how's the record? It's not as bad as Christian Rock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Pat, can I can I share a little scary stuff with you? Please. Can I drink your last beer? Oh, there's only one left. Yeah. Yeah. We could share it with two straws. No, but uh, you know. Maybe you bring me a whiskey over or something. And now nah, I'm fine. Anyway, I got to do a show tonight, people. You know, I can't go on that stage half in the bag like Sinatra used to. 
uh, <clears throat> uh, scary stuff this week is a, is a little TV show called Night Visions. And the reason I want to do this as a scary stuff is because it has been off the air for years. Uh, it's out of print. You can't, you can't buy it anywhere except bootleg. I got bootleg copies of it. Um, but it was a horror anthology show hosted by Henry Rollins, of all people. Okay. Who I love and I'm a big fan of. Not a great horror host. Sure. Um and you know, it's like any anthology from the from the early to mid nineties, you know, it's it's got its great moments, it's got its boring moments, it's got its stuff you don't care about it, it's got the stuff that you love. But I think if you can find these episodes somewhere, it's worth your time. It kind of slipped under the radar a little more than some of the other anthology shows did in the past. Um and uh, there's a particularly good episode with Jack Palance uh, called Bitter Harvest that I highly, highly recommend uh, you watch. But uh, that, that's, that's the scary stuff for this week. This is the Jack Palance from City Slickers 2, colon, The Legend of Curly's Gold? Yeah. Okay. Sure he does he Curly. Like do he's doing Curly in the uh, segment. That's kind of all I can do. No, I mean Curly uh, from the Three oh. Stooges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a sort of a biopic episode. At one point, he runs in circles on his side, <laughs> on the floor. That's called the Curly Shuffle. Yeah, remember that was a hit song, the Curly. The Curly Shuffle. What like the eighties? I guess. Yeah, I, I loved it when I was a kid. Pat, our yeah. movie today, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton's yes. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. He didn't write it. He didn't direct it. Yeah. And yet it's Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, you you, you got to love it. Yeah. You got to love it, these people. Um, Look, I thought this was pretty cool getting to see it at the bowl. Uh. Tim Burton was not there. I was led to believe he would be, unless he came after we left. But we did see Catherine O'Hara perform some of the songs from this film. She is a hero of mine. Me too. We saw Danny Elfman perform at length. Not really a hero of mine, but cool to see him. He's a hero of mine. Sco music score-wise, some of my favorite scores of all time, but like to see him perform vocals. Well, I'm an Oingo Boingo fan too. So Okay, that's not my thing at all. And uh, Paul Rubens, Mr. Pee Wee Herman himself, came out. And uh, uh, comedian uh, Greg Proops. Greg Proops was in like the chorus. Yes. Yeah. The guy who voiced the Oogie Boogie character was there, who was great. Man, they went batshit when that guy came out. They did. I guess Ken, that's everybody's, Page. everybody's yeah. favorite character or something. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me, give you a little context. I, when this film came out in 1990, I want to say three, I was deeply obsessed with Tim Burton. I it, it was John Hughes and Tim Burton for me. I loved Beetlejuice, Batman, Batman Returns, Edward Scissorhands, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. These were my favorite movies. This was a time when the man not only could do no wrong, but hadn't done any wrong yet. Uh, every movie he made was a masterpiece at this time. So this comes out. And I knew he didn't write or direct it, but I was excited. 
I remember it was sold out, and I saw Adam's Family Values instead, which is a extremely underrated movie and very funny. I think I've talked about it on this show. Mm-hmm. Joan Cusack's great in it. David Krumholtz is great in it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I eventually saw it, I remember feeling like, huh, I like everything about this. I like the music. I think it looks awesome. The stop motion is incredible. And yet something kept me at a distance from it, and it has kept me at a distance from it right up to the present day. Uh, I, I don't get into it in the way I get into his other shit. I tried several times over the years to watch this movie. Always tuned out. Didn't give a shit. Thought, if I'm going to give it a chance front to back, this is the way to give it a chance. This is the first time I saw it in its entirety. Right. Um, same thing. You know, it's cute. It's a cute idea. The animation is phenomenal. Um, and it is something I feel like I should love. Uh, but just kind of just don't care about it. Yeah, the songs are catchy, but not catchy enough. The story is fun, but like never quite good or well-developed enough. The jokes are fine, but not really funny. The only really good joke is when they give the parents severed heads, you know, as gifts, which is in every trailer of this movie. Mm. Um, visually... I find all of these movies do not quite match up to how incredible they look. Your Corpse Brides, your Carolines, or what is it, Coraline. I liked Coraline a lot. That's why I was always surprised that I didn't... That, that, I don't know what it is with this flick. I don't... I just... Yeah. There's the only a, one I really liked was Frank and Weenie. I loved Frank and Weenie. I didn't see that. Uh, and it, it's just a beautiful black and white movie. The voice cast, like Martin Short plays three parts. Catherine O'Hara plays three parts. If you can see it in 3D, I recommend it. Um, but it's just not my thing. I, I had a decent time, but that movie is 79 minutes. You and I left early, and I was happy to leave early. <laughs> and we had great seats. Um, It is sort of, in its own w- way, it's almost like a reverse Grinch who stole Christmas, you know? Right. Um, but it is very Grinch-influenced, I would say. Um, I like, uh, I don't know what, you know, the, um, uh, I felt like the plot was a little disjointed. Like, you know, he said like a very throwaway line at the beginning is when Jack Skellington is telling those three evil kids to like get everything in order so they can take over Christmas. Right. And he's like, don't get Dr. Boogity involved. Whatever that guy's name is. Oogie Boogie. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. And they're like, yeah, okay. And of course they do. And then, and it's like, and then all of a sudden in the last like 20 minute stretch, this oogity boogity guy comes into the mix. And you're like, this, this doesn't seem like it needs to even be in here. Yeah. It's really badly constructed. I feel like, and, it, and it's written by uh, Carolyn Thompson who wrote Edward Scissorhands. And I remember loving that movie, but I, you know, it, uh, of course, I love that movie, but like from a story standpoint, it's a very bizarre story, and I feel like she kind of came up from being close with Tim Burton, but it follows no sort of structure. The movie, especially for being a kids' movie, is sort of confusing at times to me. Uh, in what? In what? In what way? I just, I, I maybe I'm just bored, but I tune out of it, and by the end, I'm like, what's going on? Every time I watch it. <laughs> 
<laughs> it loses me every time I watch it. Uh, I'm talking about Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, I, I follow and love Edward Scissorhands, but um, there's just some a big Edward Scissorhands fan. Always loved it. I, I mean, Still I, look, do. I, I recognize it's a good movie. It's just not for me. Yeah, it's just not for me. It's too. It's too goth. Okay, it's just too goth for me. I can't get into it. Did you have a goth phase ever? No. Okay. Why the fuck would I have had a goth face? You know that bar next to Bordner's where we drank before this movie is a they have a goth night. And I've been there during it. And but that's a barrel of laughs. I'm sure. There's always a huge line outside and the one time I I was there and going into Bordner's on goth night, I saw a woman standing with a man on a chain link leash. And he was wearing a sign that said I have a small penis. That doesn't sound gothy to me. That sounds more it was, S&M. It was, yeah, but that they go hand in hand. They go. Do they? Yeah. I think the goths are too sad to hurt anybody besides themselves. Goth and S&M are pretty close. If goths are having sex, it's S&M. I don't think that's correct. I know And if any correct. fans have any insight into this, I'd love to hear about <laughs> it. Um yeah, I thought the most goth thing I've ever done was make out with a girl in a graveyard. And I went to the see The Cure three times one summer when I had a really kind of weird period. A couple years back, I got really into The Cure. Uh, I never did anything. I once I wore one of those, uh, those little dresses with the white collars. Right, <laughs> that was pretty goth. And when I met you, you were a juggalo, which is different from goth, but but very some crossover. Very, oh, and juggalos, you know, we don't bleed, right? Except all the same color or something like that. They got some phrase like that. It's like we bleed black and white or something. We all bleed red or something. I don't know something. Okay, some fucking thing. Uh, we should like. Well, how much would we have to collect from our fans to go to one of these like juggalo fests and report? I've back? been to one and I performed at one. You did stand up there? Yeah. The, if you if now if you go back and check out my first half hour special, uh-huh. Pat, which I know you won't do, <laughs> is it on Spotify? <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a TV. It was for Comedy Central. Okay. Uh, I don't have. Oh, the, yeah. My first album, I closed with the same bit. I closed with a bit called "The Worst Gig Ever," and it's it's about when I performed at the Juggalo. Okay. Gathering. Yeah. It's quite a tale, and it's all true. It's very. I'll check it out. You don't want to go there, dude. Yeah. They sharpened, uh, not when I was there, but I think the year after I was there, they sharpened a uh, uh, shower curtain rod into like a spear and threw it at somebody on the stage at one point. Uh, another year, they threw human feces at Tia Tequila. That one I did read about. And, and I'm sitting there saying, guys, I want to hate you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, but that was the, that was the one thing I kind of... Uh, <laughs> Imagine getting hit with human feces. The worst fucking thing ever. Nobody deserves that. It's terrible. Um, I had another thing to say about the Nightmare Before Christmas. You didn't say much about it. No, I did. Okay. I did. Uh, There's just just a certain type of person that loves this movie. Yeah. My friend Jerry growing up, he loved it. Yeah. He loved it. Uh, and you know, look, they sold out the Hollywood Bowl. I mean, what, several I, nights. Yeah, it's like the only other movie I think they did that with was Star Wars. Yeah, like you know, so it's like people love this movie, right? 
I'm just not quite sure. It's well, it's the look of it. I mean, well, yeah, but there are a lot of things look like that. There wouldn't be that kind of fanfare for Coraline. There wouldn't be that kind of fanfare that's true. for the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer Christmas special. There's something about this particular film that yeah. drives people nuts. But see, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer Christmas special. That's I mean, that's the fucking shit to me. I love that shit. It's awesome. Yeah. I don't think you could fill the Hollywood Bowl. No, you could several nights in a row. No. And I don't think people would go crazy if they were like, hey, the guy that does the elf voice is here. What if they had like a hologram Burl Ives? I'd go see that. Yeah, I'd go too. Every time it's my favorite Christmas song of all time. Silver and gold. No, not that song. Holly Which? Jolly Christmas. Ever holy jolly Christmas. It's my favorite Christmas song of all time. It's a good one. I love it. It really yeah. puts me in the spirit. I got my Christmas records up in storage. I got I to gotta get them out. Mine are uh, dusted off and ready to go. We're getting our tree this weekend. I'm putting the tree up with my folks when I go home on Thanksgiving. Okay. It's going to be real nice. You're putting it up already, huh? I like to get it up. I, I figure maybe it'll have a 1% adjustment to my daily mood. And <laughs> and that's needed because I'm at about a 0%. Now, what, what, what if I came over dressed as an angel and just sort of hung from the top of the tree every morning? Would that put a smile it, on your it face? It would help. All right, I'll think about it. Have you ever done SantaCon? <laughs> no, is that where like all the department store Santas go? No, it's just a bunch of people. It's basically a bar hop through a city with everyone dressed as Santa. Why are and, we not doing our own? Well, it became very fratty and douchey over time, but I went to the L.A. one 10 years ago. I had no friends, and my one friend here was like, we should do this, and I made some... Friends I still have to this day from it. We had a blast. We saw like 19 bars all across Los Angeles. You take subways. You take, you know, the uh, the, the train system. And it's really fun. Uh, I would love to do it this year. We should do it. It's usually like right after Thanksgiving. I would do it. My question to you is why can't just you and I dress up as Santa Claus and go to bars? There's nothing saying we can't do that. <laughs> We, we could do that tonight. We could. <laughs> Are you still coming with me this Friday night to see Planes, Trains, Automobiles at the Vista Theater at midnight? Uh, me and Heather. And maybe... I can no longer go. I got a show. God damn. At midnight? I have a, a show? 1220 spot at the Laugh Factory. Yes, on Friday night. Entertainment doesn't sleep, Pat. I thought maybe we could do that movie on this show. It wouldn't fit the format at all. It literally not. A, that's You can't even <laughs> stretch that one. But I'm I'm so excited to see this thing at the theater. I really can't wait. I'm sad. If it wasn't at midnight, I, I could have still went. But it is at midnight. And uh, so I can't. And that's how that goes. Great story. Yeah, listen. I got to get showered because I got to go do a show. All right. But uh, look, listen. Uh, to everybody that suffered uh, from the wildfires here in California, you're in our prayers and our thoughts and uh absolutely we hope that you get through it as best you can uh it's 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 a truly truly uh just disastrous situation so uh that's our show um we uh we'll talk to you soon next week we we i think we're going to do clue coming up on one of these uh we'll we'll be doing um i mean look guys we were going we, we might do suspiria but my friend Jared saw it, and I was like, how was it? And he uh -huh. goes, prepare to step into a, to somebody's vision. And I was okay. like, oh, God. 
I and can't I, wait to see it. I brought up Neon Demon. Yeah. And Crash, uh, not Crash, um, Mother. Drive. Oh. Both of which I hated. But he, you liked Mother. I liked Mother a lot. He also hated Drive, or Drive and uh, uh, Neon Demon. But he did say he liked this. But he said it is very much like a man's artistic vision. It is, you know, like he's like. I sort if, of feel like I'm going to love it. And I. I often I, I often think about how, how we can even how I can even be friends with somebody who doesn't like drive. Neon Demon I get. Drive I don't understand. Um wow. and they're certainly both better films than Mother by about five billion percent. Oh god, shut up. Mother exclamation point, excuse me, is the title. Shut up. Um but I am excited to see it and I think we should go to the Visa this week and check it out and do it on next week's show. I can't promise that, but yeah, that's you know. We'll try our best. We'll, we'll, so we'll probably be doing Suspiria. We'll probably be doing Clue, uh, and uh, I mean that's that's you know. And then your then your bonus live ep this month, the second live episode will be coming out where we review Halloween. And one of these uh, times we will be doing the Make Good Patreon, where Joe and I will do some like long epic commentary. By the way. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody out there, because maybe I read it wrong, because I am the one that made a mistake, whatever, with the patron. I did look back through the months. It looks like nobody was charged for July. Yeah. Just for, or for June, just for July. Looks like, in other words, you were charged for one month accidentally, not two. Right. And it looks like when I put the pause on, it actually worked for June, but then automatically started again at the beginning of July. Which makes sense. Yes. Because I remember putting the pause on, and I was like, well, I don't understand what happened. And I think it just automatically restarted, and I didn't click, like, manual restart or something. So it looks like, and again, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, it looks like we missed one month and not two, or, or charged you for one month and, and not two. But just, just so. because of, of the weirdness, I want to do some big, long... Maybe a a, th a three hour movie commentary or something. Just we're gonna do something someday. I'm gonna force Joe to do it. He keeps saying I don't care about the fans. I say Joe, we gotta do this. <laughs> we're gonna then get I, it done. And then I'll spit. Right. I'll, I'll I'll go. Here's what I think of the fans. And I'll pull up the Patreon page and spit onto it. Yes. Onto my own computer screen. He would do that. He would spit on his own he computer would, screen. He was spitting on his screen. It right. never made any sense to me. He'd get it in the keyboard. <laughs> I was doing good, fellas. Yeah. All right. I got to go. I'll be at the uh, Philly Punchline Thanksgiving weekend. I will be in New York City the weekend of July 3rd, 4th, and 5th, or January 3rd, 4th, and 5th at Gotham Comedy Club. Come on out. I'm working the new stuff. I got a new bit about witches that I'm really excited about. Uh, I'm on Instagram and uh, Twitter, kind of, uh, at the Patrick Walsh. Cool Kids airs Friday nights at like 8.30, 7.30 Central or something like that. It's also on Hulu. Very funny program. Uh, that's all I got, folks. We'll see you next time, and we'll see you in hell. It's a good show. <laughs>